Hello, vampires and slayers. This is Mixtress Ray, and you're listening to What's This Bitch Talking About? To which the answer to that question is usually Buffy the Vampire Slayer, every episode exactly 20 years after their original air dates. So, I told you guys, since we're in a Buffy drought right now, there's not another episode to talk about until... Um, I should have had this information. At least I have my planner right here so I can find it pretty quickly. We do not have another episode to talk about until July motherfucking 13th. And I told you guys that I wouldn't leave you alone for too long, that I would come back after two or three weeks and I'd have a podcast. But it's been like a month, so I'm sorry that I left you. It has been crazy in my life. Um, So I just sort of allowed myself to take a little bit of a break. And I decided to, you know, stop this, to break the silence and talk to you guys again. Although I just pressed record and I have no idea what I'm going to talk about. So this is probably going to be a rambly, what's up with Mixtress type podcast episode. So if you listen to Mixtress Radio... If you've ever listened to Mixtress Radio, which is my weekly radio show, you will know that pretty much every one of my radio shows is like this. I just kind of babble about myself, and then I play some music in between the babble sessions. So this is going to be more like that. Um, And if you've never heard Mixtress Radio before, you can and you enjoy this sort of thing where I babble about myself. Um, You can enjoy that every single week from 7 to 10 Central Daylight Time every Friday and the way to access that is in the show notes um, but also it is under myradiostream.com slash radio and you do have to listen at the prescribed time on that website unless you would like to become a patron so um, I put all of the episodes up sometime during the weekend following the Mixtress Radio broadcasts I put the episodes up as podcast episodes on my for my patrons. So that, if you would like to become my patron, you can have access to all those back episodes and listen to them whenever the fuck you want. Um, so that is patreon.com slash mixtressray. M-I-X-T-R-E-S-S-R-A-E. So, how have you guys been? Have you been alright? Have you been okay? Did you miss me? I'm just kidding. I know you didn't. You probably didn't miss me because, you know, you got other things in your life. I understand. I wanted to share with you guys, I think this is the first time, I'm pretty sure, the first time I've gotten, like, a listener mail. And it's been a few weeks now, but it's been since my last episode. So shout shout out to Cheryl. Um, I wanted to read her email on the air. So she has an explanation for why we don't get to see Graduation Day Part 2, why we have to wait a freaking month and a half to watch it. Um, Since I'm doing this, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, I review, recap, rehash, re-all the things every episode of Buffy exactly 20 years after its original air date, which means sometimes we have weird gaps, which is what we're in right now. We had to watch Graduation Day Part 1, which is the first part of the finale of Season 3, and we can't watch Part 2 until mid-July because that was the original U.S. air date. But I received this beautiful email from Cheryl, and I'm just going to read it in its entirety for you guys since it's my first listener mail. 
Yes, I watched Buffy as it was airing. I'm outside the usual demographic for a Buffy viewer. I was 37 when it started in 1997, and one, but once I started watching, I was hooked. As a lesbian who had next to no representation on TV at that time, Willow's storyline in season four had a big impact. By the way, Buffy moved to a different network than Angel after season five. So that's something that I, I questioned in the last episode. So that's good to know. I started re-watching last year when it was still on Netflix and was amazed at how well it stood up. Since the rewatch, I've been a little obsessed and have been listening to podcasts to get others' perspectives. I'm aware that there are many opportunities for critical analysis. You have a great week as well. So that's great. Um, thank you so much for the beautiful email, Cheryl. Oh my god, I just realized that was the second part because she had sent me an email. I was thinking, there's part of that that I remember being in her email that... Um, that wasn't in there. So sorry, I'm doing, you know how I do things. I'm a process queen. So you're just, you're hearing it as I'm going through it. I realized that that was what she replied to my reply from her first email. So I'm going to read her first email too. I'm very excited to have listener mail. So if you ever want to send me listener mail, I'll read yours on the air as well. So if you would like to send me an email, mixtressradio at gmail is how you do that. I'm being visited by all the wasps here today. I'm recording from a cemetery slash the edge of the woods, and the wasps are very interested in me today. Anyway, so her original e email, you heard the response to my response before you heard the original, whatever. Okay, that's the way I do things. It's summer. I got summer, baked summer brain. Hi there. I've been enjoying your podcast pretty much from day one and just wanted to drop you a line to let you know that and thank you for the efforts you put into it. Oh, thank you. Um, it is so incredibly validating to hear someone send me a goddamn email. It's amazing. I love it. It makes me so happy. Sorry. Um, back to the email. You've mentioned in the last couple of episodes that you don't know why Graduation Day Part 2 wasn't broadcast until July. As with the episode Earshot, this episode was delayed because of the depiction of the school being blown up. I don't recall if this was still a fallout from Columbine or if there had been another school shooting, but that's why the episode was delayed in the U.S. Those of us in Canada saw it when it was originally meant to be aired. Thanks again for your efforts. Okay. So thank you, Cheryl. I think I didn't reply to your second reply, but I can imagine that it was incredibly validating to finally see a lesbian relationship on TV. I was lucky enough that, let's see, I was, I think, 20 when I was watching, when I, when I got to see season six and then finally got to see like the reruns of season four and five that I had never seen because we didn't have that network in my area. And I missed those seasons as they were airing. But um, it was incredibly validating for me to see it at the age of 20. I can't imagine like having to go that long. Like I'm just now almost 37 and like, that would be so awful to not see any of those portrayals until now. So I'm sorry for the bullshit that you had to go through growing up. Um, I'm sure that was... Because I remember, I remember how homophobic we were as a society in the 90s when I was growing up. It was, it was not good. It was really not good. And it is a lot better now, but we still have so far to go. We really do. So thank you so much for your beautiful email, Cheryl. You have no idea what it meant to me. Every once in a while, I really, 
I have a lot of like creative efforts that I do. Like I, like I said, I have this podcast. I have my radio show. I have a YouTube channel under Mixtress Ray, if you want to check that out. Mostly ASMR and tarot-related videos. Um, and a lot of the times I feel like I'm screaming into the void and just getting no feedback. So every time I get, you know, an email from someone or a message on my Instagram or just any little thing like that, it is so incredibly moving and valuable. Like, honestly, you know, you hear creators saying this kind of shit all the time, but it's a cliche because it's true. I could not do this without you. Without anyone that is listening right now, I couldn't do it without you. Like, even aside from, like, the patron support on Patreon, completely leaving that in the dust, all of my free content that I provide with my podcast, with my YouTube channel, with my radio show, you know, it doesn't even matter if I wasn't receiving a penny for any of this stuff. As long as I knew people were listening, I could continue doing it. It is so powerful to get that to get that feedback so I encourage I, I love to have conversations with people so um, reach out to me anytime you want um, I love it I love it so thank you thank you Cheryl so much um, I mean for you it was probably just like hey I'm gonna let this person know that I've been listening to her podcast for a long time and it, it probably seemed like a simple little thing for you but it meant so much to me that I can't even put it into words Um, and it's also so great too I almost in your honor used the fact that Canada got to watch the second part of graduation day the week after I almost used it because it was still within the week you sent me that email right after the part one had aired and I had put my podcast up so I almost used that as an excuse to be like, in honor of Cheryl, we're watching it this week. But I just didn't have the energy to to pull it off. I was going to. um, But now we have to wait (laughs) because of my overwhelmedness. The month of May was a really, really hard week or week, (laughs) really hard month. Um, I live in the um, in the Bible Belt in what is known as Tornado Alley. I'm right next to Kansas and um, a tornado, as I've mentioned several times before, so sorry, I'm mentioning it again. A tornado took away my house and devastated my hometown that I still live in in 2011. So every spring I get really stressed out when we have storms and this particular spring was the scariest spring since 2011 for me. It was very very active. There were a lot of destructive storms that um, hurt a lot of towns near me and it was just really scary and I didn't get a lot of sleep during the whole month of May. It was also the month that like I, I think I told you guys about I had two trees that were destroyed in those storms. <laughs> so not only are they just like scary for me in general but then we had to spend $2,000 taking care of these two gigantic trees on our property and we have a very small property and those were our only two shade trees and they're both gone now because one of them got struck by lightning and the other one had some limbs come down and it was just rotting and it was just it had to go Um, and those were during two different storms we had just dealt with the first tree 
like a week before the lightning hit that second tree, which was relatively healthy. Like we figured we were going to have that tree for another at least five or 10 years or so. Like, I don't know. Anyway, hellmouth trees one and two. So May was, and just April and May, like I realized when I finally made it to June, it was like June 1st or 2nd, it was like the weight lifted off of my chest and I got to take a full breath for the first time since April 1st. Because I remember April 1st was the day that um, my Michael and I finally did our taxes and we realized that we owed way more money than we could get our hands on by ourselves and we had to borrow money from family to, in order to pay it, which has never happened before. Like something changed and it was just devastating. We just paid that off, by the way. We just paid my, um, my aunt and uncle that we borrowed money from, just paid them back this week. So very happy about that. Now all I have to do is pay my mom back because she is the one that lent us money for the two trees we had taken out in May. So it's just been, it's been, I mean, like, like we're healthy. We still have paid all our bills. Like our lives are not bad by any means, but just anxiety and financial situation wise, April and May were really awful months. So I just kind of had to get through those and take a breath and now I'm back. So back to um, Cheryl's email, um, just sort of thinking about, back to like thinking about LGBTQIA representation in media. I'm old enough to really remember that it was a huge deal and we're about to go into that like season four is coming up this year y'all like in I think September October I think the season starts a little late it might be October whenever we finally get to talk about hey actually I can answer that question for myself right now yes October 5th is the first episode of season four so I mean I know that seems like forever from now right now but we're gonna get there you guys we're gonna finally get to talk about Tara and oh my god if you think you like Oz <laughs> like obviously this is not a spoiler free podcast I've already stated many spoilers um hopefully it's in my podcast description I should probably check that and make sure that it is um but I think people that listen to podcasts of certain shows that they like I don't think they naturally assume that it's spoiler free I don't think I don't assume that but I'm also a person that I have to be sensitive about spoilers because I don't actually care <laughs> like I look up spoilers for shows that I'm watching all the time because I just want to calm myself down <laughs> like when does this character come back when does this awful awful character die I just want to be like know that it's going to end <laughs> I'm about to do that I'm watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. right now you guys so, spoilers for anything in the first three seasons, or first two and a half seasons, because I'm halfway through season three right now, and I haven't ever, I haven't seen beyond that ever. And I am so sick of Ward, you guys. I've been sick of Ward for a long time. I'm this close to looking up spoilers to find out when he's gone, because I'm sick of him. Anyway, back to, this is the way my brain works, it just... When I don't have something specific, like a Buffy episode to talk about, I just, like, fly off in all directions. You guys know that. I do these little personal podcasts every once in a while when we have a Buffy drought. So, 
You're used to it if you've been listening for a while. Anyway, I remember um, it was kind of like I didn't know at all because I didn't have, I didn't get to watch any of season four or any of season five. So the last I knew was graduation day part two, whenever season six started airing. And we finally got, for whatever reason, we were able to get the channel again in my area. So I was able to start watching it again. So, and I was not like, I mean, I used the internet, but I think I only used it for like email at that point in my life. I don't think I was heavily into the internet yet because this was like, Season six started airing in 01. Um, yeah, it was 2001. So it was the year I graduated high school. And I remember when I started watching season six, just being very alarmed at first because I didn't know that Buffy was dead. And then suddenly Willow's a lesbian. <laughs> Not alarmed in a bad way at all. Like I was excited about it. I was so happy to see that. Um, I don't know if I've ever really shared it with you guys. Um, the way that I identify um, is, okay, I think this is the right terminology. I am panromantic gray sexual. So if you don't know what those terms mean, which I just learned recently, um, panromantic, I, I basically, I'm attracted to anyone of any gender. I, I, I love, I kind of love people. Like, I just think that they're interesting, and as long as someone is living as their true self, is being themselves, is not like, the people that I don't relate to are the people that are living someone else's narrative. You know what I'm saying? People that are still in the Matrix. Um, I don't want to sound like a red pill person, but <laughs> I'm a purple pill person, as I've said before. That is my personal philosophy. I have it on a little um, label maker tape thing that's right sticking on my computer, take the purple pill. Because I'm all about like being aware of the matrix, but um, also allowing myself to derive pleasure from it when it's needed. So I'm not completely red pill, but I'm definitely not blue pill. I am purple pill, you know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> What were we talking about before I went off on the purple pill rant? Uh, how to cycle back, how to cycle back. Oh, I just, the only time I'm just like, don't want to be around a person is when they are spouting someone else's narrative, when they don't seem to have their own, I want someone who's paving their own path in life. So yeah, anyway, <laughs> anyway. I have pretty much always, for as long as I can remember, not been, I think, I think sexually, so gray sexual means that you do have sexuality, but you really very rarely want to act upon it. So for me personally, like I could be happy with like having sex like once every three to six months honestly. And usually when I want that, I do want it with a person of the opposite sex. However, like companionship wise, I am very much panromantic. I remember, and I'm always like super like visually attracted to women. I've always been. And I remember 
back in the day, this is going way back, if you're, if you're a child that was born after like the 80s, this is going way back. But when Ellen had her sitcom, when she came out on her sitcom, everyone's reaction to it was so awful and so negative. It was so bad that her ratings just like, she got canceled almost immediately after coming out. Or that's the way I remember it anyway. I don't know how long the show went after that. But basically she came out to the world by using her sitcom, using her character on her sitcom, just sort of realizing that she's gay and then coming out. And that's the way that she came out to the world. So that happened in like the late 90s, I think. Um, and it did not go well. Her show got canceled. And I remember being... Maybe it wasn't the late 90s. It had to have been early 90s. Because I remember being young enough to think, oh my God, I'm attracted to women. And that's supposed to be wrong. And I think until I saw the bad reaction that Ellen got on her sitcom, I wasn't even thinking about... I wasn't thinking about whether or not I was attracted to people at all in general. But I knew enough to know that I was attracted to women and I rem that was the first time I remember thinking that there was something wrong with it and that I shouldn't feel that way. And it was because of seeing everyone reacting badly to Ellen coming out. Like, no one in my life had ever taught me that being a lesbian was wrong. Like, my, my mom's very progressive. She never, ever would have made me feel like I was wrong. But... I just, rem I just remember the first time ever, like, realizing I was attracted to women was at the same time that Ellen was being rejected for it. And that was it. Like, on TV, you know, you had Ellen coming out on a sitcom and then being immediately canceled. Cut to five to ten years later. Um, let me look that up, actually, just so I'm not talking out of my ass for once. Okay. I I am slightly wrong, so I'm glad I looked that up. Not more than slightly wrong. Um, she had an entire season. She came out at the end of season four in 97, and um, she had a whole other season before her show was canceled. But in my mind, it was, and it, probably because I grew up in the Midwest too, you know, like people weren't ready. Ellen was a fucking pioneer. Like people weren't ready. Even though we had Will and Grace, I mean, when you think about it, so I'm just sort of like in my mind, I'm trying to imagine like pop culture. How much did we have at that point? Especially when you're talking about network TV, we had Ellen coming out in 97. We had um, Will and Grace happening around the same time, but you couldn't see like, you never, in the original series, I haven't really watched much of the reboot of Will and Grace, which I would like to, actually, because every episode I have seen, I've enjoyed. Um, but anyway, uh, you, you never got to see on Will and Grace, you never got to, like, see, like, actual kissing, like, maybe little pecks here and there. But, like, most of the time, whenever you see gay and lesbian characters, they're, they have to be very asexual. Which, like, for me personally, since I'm asexual 95% of the time, that doesn't, it's not a, 
it's not something that I immediately notice, but it's still, it's very, it's very, um, censoring. It's very, what's the word I'm looking for? It's really hot. I'm sitting in my car outside and it's like 90 degrees outside. So my brain is mush, but it's just really harmful for people to grow up not having any of that representation. Um, you know, I thought that my attraction to women was wrong because of people's reactions um, to Ellen coming out. I remember that very fully. I know I repeated that like six times, but I remember that vividly. And it took me a few years to come to terms with my attraction to women and be okay with it. Like, I remember coming out as bi to my mom. Um, and she just made, like, some kind of joke. How it happened, we were in the car, and she said something like, I don't care if you're gay. I don't care if you're straight. It doesn't matter. Just don't be bi, because they get all the diseases. And to her, that was just, like, a silly joke. But I, I don't... Being autistic, I don't deal well with silly jokes. I take everything seriously. So I was like, well, I'm bisexual, mom. And she was just sort of like, really? Like, so that was me coming out to my mom. She doesn't actually have a problem with being bi, like, at all. She would probably call herself bi, honestly. But, um, yeah, that was my, my coming out quote-unquote experience was like being very much in a safe space saying it to my mom who's always accepted me so I and, and a person that I've always had relationships with men like even though I'm attracted to women I've every time I have attempted a relationship with a woman it hasn't worked out so um I you know I just can't imagine like as ostracized as I have felt I am a straight passing white cisgender woman as much as I have felt misunderstood um, ostracized othered um, marginalized I have felt that pressing weight upon me that isolation for because of being autistic and just weird in general most of that is autistic brain as much as I have felt that every day of my life I cannot imagine how much harder it would be to be um, trans a person of color gay like you know my oh there's a groundhog in the woods I always get to see all kinds of cool wildlife when I come here um, so as, as marginalized as I felt, I can't even imagine, like, my marginalization comes solely from being a woman in a patriarchal society and being autistic. And even that is crippling to me sometimes. So hats off to you. Anyone that identifies as anything that puts you outside the realm of straight, white, cis, male categories you know we are we are doing it you guys also shout out to anyone shout out to all of us to everyone we survived the trauma that is father's day <laughs> obviously some of you might be listening to this and go what are you talking about i love my dad i took him out to eat and 
I gave him a present and it was great. Obviously, this is not for you. But for the rest of us, growing up in a patriarchal society, even if you had an okay dad, okay is a pretty low bar for dads in our society. Um, I did not have an okay dad and he's gone now. And Father's Day is triggering for me. And especially this time, for some reason, it just really bugged me. I just wanted to be like, seriously, why do dads get a day? Because my experience being, I work at a library, so it's a, it's a lot of customer service, essentially front desk at a library. We're a pretty busy library. It's not like one of those, like you walk in and there are three shelves of books and no one's ever in there. We're a pretty popular library. <laughs> So we're probably a big enough city, honestly, that we could have a couple of libraries, but we don't, we just have one. But anyway, most of my experience with dads, other than my own, is watching them look at their phones while the moms take care of all the kids and all the checking out of items and all the registering all the kids for cards. They're taking care of all the paperwork, the wrangling of the children, and every other thing while the dad is like standing five, ten feet away looking at his phone. That is nine out of ten dads. Let's be honest. Let's really open our eyes to that. Like hashtag not all dads. Yes, but most of them. <laughs> so shout out to everyone that got through the trauma that is Father's Day. We made it another year. There's just no need for Father's Day in a patriarchal society. If we had an equal society, I'd say we could have Mother's Day and Father's Day. But until then, we should do away with Father's Day. I see no point in celebrating it. Sometimes I give my grandpa a card because I like him. Like, he's the closest thing that I have to a dad. But this year, I didn't. So, whatever. Anyway, moving on from that. What else can we talk about? Um, so yeah, I think that the kiss between Willow and Tara that happens in season five, so we have to wait like another year and some change before maybe almost two years before we even get to see that kiss and talk about it on this podcast. But, um, yeah, it's, it's like the first one on network TV and it was like 2002. No. 2000. 2000? Probably. Probably 2000. Let's look it up, shall we? I'm being a good student today. Let's look it up. You guys get to listen to me look it up. I probably should have paused it so you didn't have to listen to me look it up, but I already told you that I was going to do it, so... Season 5, 5, episode 16, aired February 27th, so 2001. We have to wait until 2001. Or we have to wait till 2021 to talk about that kiss in the regular format of this podcast. Holy fuck, I hope we have a new president by then. Seriously, Cheryl, I don't know if you have an extra room available. But, oh man, it's got to be better in Canada, right? It's got to be better in Canada. I know a lot of people in the United States have been jokingly saying that for years. But seriously, guys? Seriously. Okay, so what else can we talk about? Babble for a few more minutes. Um, and then maybe I'll come back. Let's see, we've got another like four weeks until we get to talk about Buffy again. So I'll probably come back in another two weeks for another episode doing kind of like a little recap. 
and then we will get back into we'll finally get to watch graduation day part two mid-july very exciting so as you hear this i'll probably upload this on summer solstice so happy solstice to you guys i don't know if any of y'all are witches shout out to my witches out there um we just had a full moon in sagittarius which which all of my witchy people that i follow on like instagram and youtube we're talking about it and we're so excited about like the amazing beautiful joyful creative energy that that full moon brought and um I don't know about y'all but that full moon was on I think Tuesday I didn't really feel it like I've had the surge of creativity but every prod project I try to execute has gone terribly like I have all these ideas but they're not coming out of my hands I'm not able to actually execute them so if that has anything to do with the full moon energy it's been frustrating as fuck so I mean I don't know how much truth there is to all that stuff but so many people have been talking about how exciting this particular full moon in Sagittarius is for them and hopefully you're one of those people that had all that exciting energy whether or not you knew that people are attributing it to a full moon but I didn't really feel that so shout out to all my peeps that didn't really feel it because I didn't <laughs> um what else witchy things um I guess just in any what's up with mixtress with me this entire year I've been like I've always been very interested in tarot and I've had tarot decks in my life for the last 20 years but I haven't really learned what the meanings of all the cards are until this year. It kind of started in basically the very beginning of the year. January, I just started becoming obsessed with tarot. I got the Wild Unknown tarot deck, which is my very favorite deck of all time. And then I went on to buy several other decks. I think I own 13 decks at this point. And I just recently started collecting Oracle decks as well. So I now have like nine Oracle decks. I created my own Oracle deck yesterday. That's one of the creative projects that like I had this great idea for. Um, I created this like herb and flower Oracle deck just by cutting these beautiful pictures out of a book that already had pages ripped out of it. By the way, I bought it from the library because they took it out of the collection because somebody had ripped pages out of it. So I just ripped other pages out of it. So I didn't begin the vandalism, but I continued it. So I created a little like herb Oracle deck by cutting um, drawings of herbs and flowers out of a book and typing like little keywords on them with my typewriter and then gluing them onto an old tarot deck that I don't use anymore. <laughs> um, and I like it a little more today than I did yesterday when I finished it, but as a prototype, as a first attempt at an oracle deck, it's not terrible. But it's nowhere near like something I would want to like market or sell <laughs> to anyone else. Although I'd like to get there. I'm I've been in sort of an art slump. Like I'm I've always been an artistic person. I've always drawn and collaged and just like stuff. But for the last pretty much ever since I graduated, ever since the fucking tornado, honestly, I haven't done much art at all. So I've been trying to get back into it lately. So as a first foray back into artisticness, 
uh, making that weird little 20 card oracle deck yesterday was a step. It was a really great step. Eventually I'd like to get to the point where I'm actually creating a tarot deck that I might want to sell to a few people, even if I just sort of like put the call out on Instagram like, here's what this deck's gonna look like, would anyone be interested, and then print up 20 copies and sell it to a few people, you know, even if it's just that. Like that's the most that I'm gonna hope for. Um, but I would really like to get to that point. But that's a big undertaking, creating a 78 card tarot deck. I mean, it's something I definitely wanna do. And I have two separate ideas for, so I may end up making two decks or I might, you know, whatever, we'll see how it goes. But um, so as far as like tarot studies are concerned, I feel like I've pretty, as far as just like the basics, I can look at any tarot card right now and tell you what it means. And I'm getting a little better at doing readings and putting those things together. So if you would like a reading from me, um, I, I'm doing right now, I mean, basically I'm offering readings with any of my tarot decks, any of my oracle decks. So um, it, you, you have a couple of different ways that you can get a reading from me. Either you can become a patron on my Patreon. And once you become a patron, you just have to send me a message letting me know that you want a tarot reading because not all of my patrons want one, but it is a service that I provide for my patrons if they want it. So let me know if you become a patron and you want a reading from me um, and I will, we'll go from there. Or if you just want to send me like a tip on PayPal, paypal.me slash mixtressray, M-I-X-T-R-E-S-S-R-A-E. And I do, I do just like regular tarot readings, but I could also do, I have animal spirit oracle decks and goddess oracle decks. So if you want like a little reading where I pull like a goddess card for you and I talk to you about that goddess and same thing with the animal spirit, I could pull an animal spirit card for you and talk to you about the animal spirit or both or all of the above. I could do a tarot reading where I pull an animal spirit card for you and a goddess card for you. I mean, that would just be, that'd be the kind of reading I'd want, honestly. Um, but yeah, let me know. Um, you know, basically, I'm practicing, so I'll do it for you real cheap. <laughs> like, send me five bucks and I'll do whatever, pretty much. Um, but yeah, if you're interested in that, I'm still, I'm still like really wanting to like get into that and see how I feel about it. I've done enough readings to know that I like doing it, but not enough to know if I would like it consistently, you know what I'm saying? Like I haven't done enough to know, is it really something that I'm good at? Is it really something that I want to continue doing? Or is it just something that was fun the first few times? You know, I haven't gotten past that first few times buzz. So take advantage of it if you want a really cheap tarot reading. I'm not terrible. I think I'm kind of okay at it so far. So let me know. Um, it's just fun. It's like, it is a, such a great tool for introspection. Um, it's really kind of directed me into a lot of psychological healing. Um, a lot of trauma has been surfacing for me this year. Um, and I've been able to sort of deal with it. Um, and I'm still breathing. I'm still standing. 
and I'm feeling pretty good psychologically, um, especially now that we're coming out of spring. Like by the time you hear this, it will it will be officially summer, and um, for me that means I sort of like to bask in the. Um, you know in the summer whenever like it's really hot and your brain is like a little bit baked and you can't really think too hard about anything at all like for me I mean I'm an avid reader one of the reasons why I wanted to apply at a library anyway and I've worked in a library for 15 years I like reading like a lot of my coworkers read so much more to me th than me they put me to shame I only read like a book every couple of weeks but um, I love reading. I'm always currently reading a book, even if it takes me a couple weeks to get through it. But anyway, um, what was my point in talking about the fact that I like to read and how often I read? Mm. Oh, in the summer. See, it's already happening because it's really hot right now. <laughs> my thoughts are not complete at the moment. So hopefully you find some kind of joy in listening to me sort through my brain. Anyway... So I, in the summer, typically can't read, I can't read like complicated stuff. And this is like, I'm not the only one. A lot of people, you know, they call it a beach read for a reason because you choose something that's like easy on your brain to read in the summer. And so often in the summer, I just reread things that I already know I like. And um, what does that have to do with anything? Oh. Why am I talking about what I like to read in the summer? I can't remember. Ah, um, I'm not high, you guys, but that's the thing. When it's really, really hot, like I don't like it when it's hot. Like I have trouble sleeping when it's hot. Like I don't feel comfortable being hot. But one thing I really enjoy about being super hot in the summer is that I just don't really have enough brain capacity to be as anxious as I normally am. I'm not as depressed as I normally am. Um, I do feel better in, like, winter is number one. But summer is becoming my number two. Because the extreme of the heat, I just sort of, you know that feeling whenever it's like the end of a really long day of being out in the sun and being physically active. Like, if you ever, if you like to go canoeing or hiking or whatever, and it's like you're physically exhausted and you've just been, you've taken in all the vitamin D and you're just sitting on the couch having a beer or whatever and you're just like just totally blissed out because you're so exhausted that you can't be sad. You know that? That feeling of just being sunstoned. I'm really looking forward to that. I didn't even, I didn't think about it until today. The day before the summer solstice. By the time you hear this, it'll be the summer solstice if you listen in real time. But um, yeah, so I'm excited about summer. And if you listen to my radio show and my podcast, you already heard me talk about most of the shit because I just recorded everything for my radio show. And I am now into my God, I've been sitting here at this cemetery talking into my recorder since I just recorded everything for my radio show and this podcast for like two and a half hours, slightly more. That's how long it takes me to do this whole thing. Only because I, nor I normally don't do the podcast from this location as well. But anyway, that's why you're getting the babblier side of me because I'm actually 
in nature right now, talking to you in the very laid back format that I normally do for my radio show, because I just finished doing that. So I'm still in that mode. So I hope you guys enjoyed it to some extent. Um, um, hope you, it, I hope you guys are having a great June so far. And um, I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what kind of content you'd like to hear in the future whenever we're in a Buffy drought. Um, let me know what your favorite episodes are coming up. Um, what are your favorite season four episodes? Like, I know a lot of people don't really like season four, but I think it's pretty great, actually. Like, there's a handful of really awesome episodes in season four. My favorite episode of all time is Restless, the very last episode of the season. Um, we've got Hush. There's um, other stuff as well. You get to sort of deal with... I think it's an important part of life because everybody's sort of feeling weird and isolated from each other because they're not in their normal routine. Because, like, you know, as far as the core four, Buffy, Xander, Willow, and Giles... You know, we're talking about the core four. They really get isolated from each other in the season. That's kind of the whole theme of the season. So it's going to be a little uncomfortable. And that's a really real thing because they met each other in a certain circumstance in high school. And things are very different now. So I don't know. I'm excited to get into it in this way. I've never... You know, I had previously, and I've said this before, but previously I thought that season three was my favorite season, but watching it again this way, it, I don't know. I didn't not love it, but it left a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth. So I'm excited to move on to season four because so far every single season that I've done for this podcast has surprised me. Like season one is a complete joy except for the hyena episode like I love every moment of season one almost and um that's not how I would have defined it before watching it for this project season two was also like grade a beautiful but season three I just got so sick of Angel you guys I know I said that before but I really did get so sick of Angel in season three it's just like it's time to go you know you know when you're in a relationship and like you know it's time to go about three years before you actually pull the plug that's what this whole season of Angel and Buffy's relationship felt like to me um no secret I've said it before it's kind of obvious the way I mean the writers wanted you to feel that I think a lot of people just misinterpreted it but um yeah I'm excited I'm excited to start season four I, I don't know why I'm talking about that because that's still like when's October uh July August September we still got three months and some change till we get there so four months and some change July August September October yes I can't count see summer brain already started I gotta get out of the woods, you guys. I gotta go home and shower um, because I get to hang out with my mom tonight. It's pizza night. We always watch Gilmore Girls and eat pizza together every Thursday night. So it's like my favorite night of the week. So it's time for me to go and get ready for that, for those shenanigans. I hope that you are also having 
your own personal equivalent. Excuse me. Um, You've now heard me burp. (laughs) Um, I hope that you are having your own personal equivalent of pizza and Gilmore Girl Night right now. Um, I will see you next time. I'll probably be back in like two weeks. I will definitely have another podcast episode up before mid-July. I swear. I promise that I will do that. Um, I hope you guys are having... I probably already said that. Anyway, have a great week. Have a great couple of weeks. I will see you very soon. Bye!